Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Thursday, February 18th, 2016. As always, broadcasting from the Beantown Athletic Studio in Dorchester, Massachusetts. Beantown Athletics, the only union screen printer in Boston. Go to BeantownAthletics.com right now. That's BeantownAthletics.com or give them a call at 617-282-4181. That's 617-282-4181. Beantown Athletics is also home of the best skate shopping in New England. So grab your skates, swing by the shop on Granite Ave in Dorchester. There is plenty of parking out back and make sure you tell them I sent you. So the NBA trade deadline It has come and gone. It was at 3 o'clock Eastern Time today. I am recording this podcast as I told you yesterday on yesterday's NBA trade deadline preview. I told you I'd be recording this podcast after today's NBA trade deadline, and that's exactly what I'm doing. Now, I'm recording a little bit later than I wanted to. Uh, I had to write a column for the Boston Metro as I do every week, and I usually send my column in on Wednesdays, but... Uh, We agreed to me sending it in right after the trade deadline. So I had had a deadline, a hard deadline to get my column in. I I finished it. I sent it in. And here we are now recording the podcast, really recapping what didn't go down before the NBA trade deadline because it it wasn't an exciting day. Uh, It looked like it had the potential to be an exciting day based on what we saw last night and some of the rumors that were flying around on Twitter last night. For instance, you know, there were some people tweeting out that the Sacramento Kings last night were going to maybe blow things up before today at 3 o'clock. And when you hear that, who do you think of? Well, at least here in Boston, we think of DeMarcus Cousins because he is somebody that has been linked to potential trade rumors with the Celtics. And he's somebody that I talk about all the time. He's the type of guy that I would give up all the Brooklyn picks for. I would even give up some players to get him. Like, DeMarcus Cousins, to me, is your typical getting nuts at the deadline move. Like, you want to get nuts? You want to get crazy? Get nuts. Go out. Bring in a 25-year-old DeMarcus Cousins. He's a stud. He averages 27 points a game. So when I hear a rumor last night that a team like the Sacramento Kings is thinking about blowing it up, well... I start thinking of DeMarcus Cousins, okay? And then you hear about the Philadelphia 76ers last night and how they could be entertaining trade offers for one Jaleel Okafor. And you know how I feel about Okafor. Last year during the draft on this podcast, uh, I told you that I want the Celtics to go out and get Okafor, especially when the Lakers with the number two overall pick decided to take D'Angelo Russell and leave Okafor there for the 76ers at the number three overall pick. I said, if you're Danny Ainge, you got to go up and get him. I said it on this podcast. I said it. I was actually live on the radio during the draft as that was all playing playing out on WEI. And uh, I, I said the same thing that I'll say today about Jaleel Okafor. If you're the Celtics and you have an opportunity to go get him, go get him. He's one of those kids, one of those players. I'd give up an awful lot uh, to, to make that trade go down. So you didn't do any of those crazy things. You didn't get nuts. And it really wasn't a crazy day today on NBA trade deadline Thursday. Not much went down. Uh, and I am, as I told you, I am recording this podcast a little later than usual. 
um, because I wanted to wait and see what happened. Now, I could have recorded this podcast this morning, and, and, and nothing would have changed. But yesterday we previewed it. Today, uh, I waited till after 3 o'clock, and here I am. Interesting day, because the day began promising. I mean, I go out, get a coffee this morning, and it, have you? I don't know if you've ever had this happen to you. i got to bring it up, because it, it's, it's something that's on my mind, and I don't know, and I'd like to get your reaction on Twitter. Hit me up on Twitter, at Danny Picard, or on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Danny Picard Show. You ever go through the drive-thru at Dunkin' Donuts or wherever you get a coffee and you go to pay, like I just go, I get an iced coffee this morning, that's it. How much does that cost? Like two seventy-five, right? $2.75? You go get an iced coffee, that's all I get. Uh, I've narrowed it down, I go, I, go one, I go one cream, three sugars now. You, if you've listened to me, you know my, my issue with Dunkin' Donuts is that the coffee, whenever I ordered regular, it would never taste the fucking same. Like, it would just would never taste the same. So one day, about, I don't know, six months ago, I'm leaning over the counter. I, I Because I usually do drive through but I end up going in. And I lean over the counter and say, because I ordered a medium iced coffee regular. But before they put the cream and the sugar in the coffee, I lean over and I say, excuse me, kid, when I say regular, like, what is... What is that to you? Like, what are you doing back there when I say regular? And the lady tells me, oh, three cream, three sugars. And I said, three cream, three sugars? That's some, I didn't know it was that much. I mean, I, I was going to guess two cream, two sugars, three cream, three sugars. That, that's a lot. Uh, how, how about this? How about we go two cream, three sugars? I was going to stick with the three sugars. I went to cream. Then the more I kept saying that instead of saying regular, it still felt like there was a lot of cream because, you know, they put too much cream in it sometimes and you can't even taste the coffee. You almost wonder if it even is coffee at that point, especially if it's an iced coffee with all the ice. You're like, how much coffee am I actually getting in this thing? So I start saying now I say one cream, three sugars. That's what I do. But anyway, I mean, that doesn't even matter. I don't even know why I'm fucking telling you how I like my coffee. But that's too much information. I know. Let's get to the point of the story. Because that has nothing to do with the point, actually. Uh, the point of the story is, I, I go to the drive-thru this morning, Dunkin' Donuts, medium iced coffee, one cream, three sugars, and uh, I get up and I go to pay. And I have my debit card out. And um, the lady working there, she says, oh, the, the, the woman in front of you paid for your coffee. I said, paid for my coffee just now, today? And she says, yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, well, is it a special day? Because this has happened to me before. Like, I've had this happen multiple times at Dunkin' Donuts in the drive-thru. And I'm, and, and, but usually when it happens, it's like Christmas, Thanksgiving, like a holiday, a special day. I don't know. Some days more than others. I don't know why it happens. Usually around a holiday, though, I feel like. People are trying to be nice, maybe. And, and the mistake that I've made in the past is I, I usually, when, some, when they say that to me, if I pull up to pay for my coffee, they say, oh, the woman in front of you paid for your coffee. My normal response is, oh, great, thanks. And I take the coffee and I drive off and I don't keep it going. I don't. I think what they want you to do is, keep, is to keep it going. It's not just the lady in front of you bought you a coffee and, and that was it. That was the only exchange that went down. At least during the holiday season, I always feel bad afterwards. I'm like, oh, I didn't, I forgot to pay for the person's coffee behind me. Right? I didn't do it. 
And it happened to me today. And I'm thinking to myself, wait, what is today? And I'm like, well, it's NBA trade deadline Thursday. I'm like, but that's no reason to buy somebody coffee in the drive-thru with Dunkin' Donuts, is it? I'm like, is it another day? Is something else going on that I don't know about? Or is the person in front of me being really nice? And then I start thinking, well, you know what? Danny, in the past, you know, you haven't really given your debit card for these situations when it happens to you on holidays. So perhaps somebody started this like two hours ago. You can't be the guy to, to break the buy a coffee for the person behind your streak, can you? you do, you're usually the guy that breaks the streak. Stop breaking the streak. Pay for the person behind you's coffee today. Now, I guess we were just doing it because we were being nice on a Thursday. So I gave my debit card. I said, oh, you know what? It, yeah, I know she paid for mine, but I'll pay for uh, the woman behind me. Look at my rearview mirror. I, I pay for a coffee, you know? And, and in fact, here's my biggest fear with this situation. And, and I, I, there's been so much shit going on with the trade deadline, and I've been so focused and wrapped. I've been so just like obsessed with the, with the trade deadline, the NBA trade deadline, and what the Celtics are doing and what other teams are doing. Three-team deals, four-team deals, first-round picks, Brooklyn pick, superstar players, you name it. I've been wrapped up in all the rumors. I've been so wrapped up in it that I forgot to check my, my, my checking account to see just exactly what I bought for the woman behind me. Because, you know, you never know. I, the one time, my luck, my luck, I, you know, we should cue up the Curb Your Enthusiasm music right now because that's exactly what this situation needs. My luck is that the woman behind me was getting the largest order in the history of Dunkin' Donuts. Like, she's getting four breakfast croissants. She's got uh, seven box of Joes for the whole office, right? She's, you know, she's got her own personalized coffee, and then she's got a couple boxes of munchkins, and then she's got a couple dozen donuts. You know, she's got this big, this big trade deadline party going on or something. And I'm the one who's got to have the debit swipe and everything that she just bought and she's and she's probably like oh that's nice of him and doesn't buy for the person behind her and breaks the streak so i didn't my biggest fear is that's what happens like when i say you know what i'll, I'll pay for the person behind me because the person in front of me bought mine so i'll continue the streak and the person behind me has like the largest order in dunkin donuts fucking history that and yet i've been so wrapped up in the nba trade deadline thing today that I forgot to check my statement in my checking account to see just how much money came out of that Dunkin' Donuts drive-thru swipe today when it should have only been two seventy-five. And if it's a lot, I tell you right now, I'm going to blame the lady in front of me. I am. It's, it's all on the lady in front of me. She put the pressure on me to do this. And I know you're saying, well, bah humbug, Danny. You sound like a miserable prick. Well, do I? Or do I just want to live in a world in which I buy my own coffee and I don't have to think too much about it when I get, to, when I get up to the window? Like, it's bad enough that they treat the drive-thru like a fucking NASCAR event anyways, right? They're, just so, they're so quick to throw your coffee at you, like, because they got to get to the next person. Well, t- take it easy. Because then when you throw your coffee at me and I start driving away, I realize, oh, shit, you know, you didn't give me a napkin in the bag. Right? You didn't, you didn't give me anything. You didn't give me a napkin at all. And my coffee spilled all over the place because you threw it at me. 
you know, they should focus less on the speed of the drive-through and focus more on the quality, on how they're giving you your stuff. But when they do give me my stuff and they do give me my coffee, all I need to think about is, here's my debit card. Please give it back to me. That's all I need to think about. I don't need to think about how the coffee tastes when I say regular. I don't need to think about, um, you know, do I have to buy the person's coffee behind me? And then when I do and I, I agree to that, what actually am I buying? Did I buy just a coffee? Because I just got a coffee. You know, I, I came to pay two seventy five. Do I have? Do, should I be driving out of the Dunkin' Donuts drive through, having paid ten bucks for someone behind me that I don't even know? That I don't even know if that person in a normal situation would be nice to me at all in the first place. You know, nice woman in front of me. But not going to lie to you, as nice as a gesture as that might be, it's a pain in the ass gesture. I'd rather we not do it. I really, I wish we'd put an end to that. Like if somebody goes up and says, I'm going to buy the coffee. I'm going to start something today. I'm going to be good. I'm going to start a little run here, a little streak of everybody, everybody buying other people's coffees. Dunkin' Donuts should say, you know what, sir? We cannot do that. We can't do it. Or I'll tell you this. If you do it, that person behind you is still going to pay, which means that you'll be paying double. So you, you, just, don't, you just don't really want to do it. Right? I, I understand people are trying to be nice, but there's being nice and then there's creating a just a pain-in-the-ass situation that I don't want to ever be in. And I'm not going to lie. This has happened to me... I mean, this has happened a handful of times, close to five, six times. And I don't usually, I, I don't, I do not usually give my debit card and say, yeah, you know what? Buy it for the person behind me. I, I think today was the first time I've done that. And the reason I did it was because every single time I drive away, like I usually react in a way where I go, oh, wow, that was nice. And I'm, thanks. Hey, thank you. Have a good day. And I get a free coffee out of it. I'm not trying to sound like a like a prick, but that's just, it's, I'm not thinking. I'm not thinking, oh, now I'm going to buy someone else's coffee. Every time I leave when that situation happens, I realize that I'm the one that broke the streak. And I don't know how long it's been going for. I don't know who started it. I don't know why they started it. Is it a holiday? They just trying to be nice? It's just too much thinking. I, and, and when I'm getting my coffee in the morning, like, I can't start thinking properly till I get my coffee. Is anybody else like that? I'm just, it's just the way it is. Isn't that why we drink it? It Wakes you up, gets you going. Before I even get a sip, I got to be put under this pressure of, do I buy the person behind me something? And, and, you know, I'm so fucked in the head that all I can think of is, at that moment today where I get my debit card, I'm going, what did this lady behind me get? What'd she get? You know? Like, what's going on back there? For all we know, she's having a breakfast party for the ages. And I just paid for the whole fucking thing because the lady in front of me was trying to be nice. I'd rather the lady in front of me try to fucking kill me, me get out of there safe, and just paying my own two seventy five with my debit card. And I'm gone. I got my coffee. NBA trade deadline. Here we come. All right? So... Uh, had a, had a promising, I, I know I called that a promising start. I call it a promising start to the day because I acknowledged that the woman in front of me was being very nice and I continued the nice streak. I actually continued the nice streak to this moment. I still have not seen how much I have 
paid for the woman behind me. And it's kind of, you know what, it's kind of pissing me off. I could stop this and restart it just to check. I'm not going to lie. I'm thinking about it. But I, how about this? I'm not going to do it. I'm going to hold off. I'm going to wait. I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to wait, and we'll check it after. Let's let's do the NBA trade deadline stuff because there's a reason why I waited so late in the day uh, to, to record this podcast, and it's because I didn't want anything major going down. You know, I didn't want to record a podcast of a major Celtics trade or any major NBA trade at all and then have to do another one the same day. Like, I just didn't want to do that. So here we are. Uh, we're, we're a couple hours past 3 o'clock, and... We're looking back to see what went on. And it was a disappointing day. Disappointing. If you're an NBA fan, if you're a sports fan, if you like trade deadlines like myself, right? I love trade deadlines. If you like, love trade deadlines, you want to see a little bit more action than this today, don't you? Like the fact that the fact that I have to go to ESPN.com and you go to the NBA section and the top picture for the top story is a picture of Jeff Green and Lance Stevenson and a swap between between the Grizzlies and the Clippers like that. You know what that signifies? If I have to look at Jeff Green, okay, like the Clippers went out and got Jeff Green, <laughs> um, that's a bad trade deadline. When I see people fight up about Markeith Morris, that's a bad trade deadline. When I see like the Rockets and the Pistons uh, in a deal in which Marcus Thornton and uh, the big man, the seven-footer, Donatus Modiunis gets traded for a first-round pick. Uh, yeah, a first-round pick in that deal. Houston, that's a steal for Houston. They get a first-round pick. Now, protected as it might be, a top-eight protected, I believe, Houston sneakily got a first-round pick. They're probably going to have it because I don't think it's going to be top-eight from Detroit. Right? I think if the draft was now, based on what it looks like now, it would be the 12th pick, wouldn't it? So that would be Houston's pick. Houston sneakily got a first-round pick today. You know who else could sneakily get a first-round pick in that Markeith Morris deal? Morris goes to the Wizards. Uh, The Phoenix Suns get a protected first-round pick top 10. I think the Wizards, it's probably going to be better than top 10, right? Or maybe the Wizards are a, a 12th. Either way, th- those two picks I just told you, the one that the, Fe- the first-round pick that the Phoenix Suns get and the first-round pick that the Houston Rockets get, those, those teams are going to make those picks because as protected as they might be, I don't think they're going to fall under the category of top eight or top ten. So Houston and Phoenix, you just want to talk about getting a first-round pick? For what? I mean, Markeith Morris is a nice player, and yesterday I talked about how there were some people here in Boston that sent me some trades that said maybe the Celtics should get them. Um, I, I mean, if the price was right, maybe, I mean, did I want to give up a first round pick for Markeith Morris? No. And, and, you know, you could say all you want about the value of first round picks and what we saw today with some of these moves and, and, and first round picks that were traded, but really, you know, they're protected for a reason. You know, they're, they're top eight protected, top 10 protected. They're still first round picks and, and those are good trades for Houston and Phoenix, but, you know, when you look at the Brooklyn pick, because that's the first-round pick we all want to talk about here in Boston, the Brooklyn picks. Not just pick, but picks. The one they can swap next year and the one they have in 2018. The next three first rounds, the Celtics can have the Brooklyn pick. Okay, that's what they have. And it's going to be a very good pick. Could be a very good pick. Could be top-five pick. 
three straight years. All right? It could be. And, you know, I, 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 we, we talk about what the Celtics could do, should do, what they would do. What we learned is that they didn't do anything. And I know I'm bringing it back to a local level now, but really only because around the NBA, nothing really crazy went down. There was nothing that, there was no move that was made where I'm looking at a team going, wow, they just helped themselves out big time. And I look at them as being a team that now is a contender or not just a contender, but, but they, have, they just acquired a player that can get them over the hump. Nobody did that today. Nobody. It was a boring day. Boring day. And I think it could have been a little bit more exciting had Dwight Howard... If Dwight Howard wasn't such a fucking clown, you would have saw an exciting day today. You know that? You would have. Because I do think that with these big trades and these big names, I think there was an aspect of this in which... Teams like Atlanta, teams like Houston even, if you want to throw Cleveland into that with, with the Kevin Love stuff or L.A. With, with Blake Griffin, you know, even the Celtics, who were looking to get one of those guys, they were looking to see what the, the trade market would be set at. They were, teams were waiting for the trade market to be set today before 3 o'clock. And there was really no big move that was going to set that market. But there was one guy that I thought could help out and maybe get the wheels spinning a little bit. And it was Dwight Howard. And yet, Dwight Howard was not moved. He is still a member of the Houston Rockets. And I think he's a member of the Houston Rockets because nobody wanted him. Houston didn't want him. That's why you heard he was going to get traded. Now, you could say, well, if Dwight Howard wasn't such a clown then it wouldn't even be an issue for Houston and they would keep him. Um, I, don't, I don't know that, that, that that's, that's, that's definite. I know that Western Conference Finals last year, the Houston Rockets got there. But from what we've heard now in reports, last year, both James Harden and Dwight Howard tried to trade each other. And yet they still made it to the Western Conference Finals. Right? So, obviously... Houston showed last year they could win when a couple of their superstar players were not getting along. But if they're not getting along and then they start losing, well, what do you do as an organization? I think you try to trade one of them. And obviously, as we heard, Dwight Howard, they were trying to move him. But also because he's got this $23 million hanging over his head for next year. He's got that player option. And I do, they do not want him picking that up. They don't. They, don't want, they do not want him picking that up. So they were trying to get rid of him. Between that and the fact that he's just an absolute clown and they're losing, um, I know you could say, well, if he wasn't a clown, that would make it different and he would stay in Houston. I don't know if you could say that's the case because obviously him and Hodden, James Hodden, are not getting along. So uh, the bottom line is this. If Dwight Howard wasn't such a clown, then the NBA trade deadline might have gone down a little bit differently. And, and when I come back to the Celtics and bring it back here locally, I look at the moves they didn't make. And, and the emotions that I have, first and foremost, there's an emotion of disappointment. No question. If you're a Celtics fan and you've been listening to these big names the last couple days and we've been talking about them all, 
I, I, I don't blame you if you're disappointed, and you can't blame me if I'm disappointed, all right? That's, an, that's a normal, I think that's a normal emotion to feel right now if you're a Celtics fan. With that said, while feeling that emotion, I, do, I also think that the Celtics, are, uh, they're still in a good place. They're in a good place. The Celtics are in a good, good place right now. And that's why I'm not standing here ready, you know, to crush Danny Ainge and call for his head. I'm, I'm not going to do that. The reason I think I stay optimistic here, and, and they'll say, well, because you're a green teamer or you're a, you know, Celtics fan, you're from Boston, you bought in, you're drinking the Kool-Aid. Well, no, I mean, the fact that the Celtics have all these draft picks, that's a real thing. And you can get into all you want. Well, what is a first-round draft pick? What's the value of that after some of the moves you saw today? The ones I just mentioned. Okay, I can understand that. But the Celtics have these Brooklyn picks that are obviously much better than those picks you saw move today. Even though they're all first-rounders, there's a reason why the ones that were traded today are protected top eight, top ten. Because top eight, top ten picks are more important than the rest of the first round. That's how they value them. And the Celtics could have top five pick three straight years. That's that's realistic. That's real life. That's not me being a green team and telling you those things. That Those are facts. And when you see those facts and you see the assets that the Celtics still have, you have to stay optimistic knowing that they can still make some moves before the draft. Right? They can. They can still make some moves this summer. And, you know, perhaps they could be in a situation next year at this time where they have a Brooklyn pick in the next two years after this year and they could send the Brooklyn pick with some players somewhere to get another superstar player. I mean, we could see this kick up again in the summer. We could see this trade talk kick up again next year at this time and next year's deadline. So it's not an end of the world type situation. So you stay optimistic while you're disappointed at the same time that we've been talking about all these big names and you see just how good this Celtics team is. Now, the regular season is beginning tonight, resuming tonight, I should say. Regular season is resuming tonight, post-All-Star break. The post-All-Star break portion of the schedule begins tonight with three games. The Celtics back to work tomorrow night, Friday night, in Utah. As it currently stands, heading in to the post-All-Star break portion of the schedule, the Celtics at a three-seed in the Eastern Conference with a 32-23 and 23 record. Do they have a shot to get the two-seed? I'll say they get a shot. I think it's a long shot, but they get a shot. Do they have a shot to remain the three-seed? Sure. And you know how I feel about the three-seed. The way the set brackets are in the NBA, if you're a three-seed, if you win your first-round series, you play the winner of the two versus the seven. You know who's not going to be the winner of the two versus the seven? Cleveland, because they're going to be the one-seed which means that if you're the Celtics and you can get that three seed, you wouldn't be running into the Cavaliers until the Eastern Conference Finals if you could make it that far. And I think you got to give them, you got to look at the Celtics and say, it's possible. You got to give them a shot to get there. I'm not giving them a shot right now without any major trade to beat the Cavaliers, but they certainly have a shot to get there. And I think they can make that series a little bit more exciting than they made last year's first-round series in which they got swept by the Cavaliers. But, you know, you see how good the Celtics are playing. You see how exciting they are. You see all their assets. You hear all these big names. And then when they don't make a move, 
Well, I just think it's a human nature, normal reaction to feel some disappointment, and that's how I feel, honestly. I do. I feel some disappointment. But with the disappointed, you can be disappointed, right? With that disappointment, you can also feel optimism. For, for some of the reasons I just said, Celtics are in a good place still. They got a good team. They have an opportunity to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. And... They have all these assets, and they can make some moves this offseason, and I expect them to. You know, I expect them at some point to pull the trigger on a deal that gets rid of some of these draft picks because you can't make all these picks, let's be honest. Like, Danny Ainge, as much as he loves to bring in these assets and collect these draft picks, you know, these aren't just collector's items. Like, you got to use them or trade them. And if you keep using them, well, I mean, I don't think the goal is to have the best D-League team in the history of the D-League, is it? No. But if you keep making these picks, that's what you're going to have. I mean, there's some kids that you took last year you can't even have on the team right now because you don't have enough room. So what, you make more picks next year? What are you going to do with those guys? All right, there'll be some, there's some change to the roster next year, a little bit of change, but I don't think it's going to be anything too major. I mean, at some point, you you know, you got to give up some of these draft picks, okay? You do. But the most valuable picks are the Brooklyn picks. They are. And however you might feel about those, what you'd give the Brooklyn picks up for, what you wouldn't, how you value them, how you don't value them. Um, I think that the Celtics need to be in a situation where they're willing to move some of those picks if the right deal is on the table. Now, obviously, by the looks of it, they didn't have the right deal. We did hear that Danny Ainge, he would trade the Brooklyn pick or Brooklyn picks for the right deal. Wasn't going to give them up for everybody, and any big name had to be the right deal. You're going to have to sweep them off your feet, and I felt the same way. I, I'm glad he had that strategy, right? I told you, I'm glad he didn't trade the Brooklyn pick for Kevin Love. Now, you were going to need, I think that was just going to get complicated anyways. You needed a third team. You were hearing rumors last night that maybe the New Orleans Pelicans were involved with the Cavaliers and the Celtics, and Kevin Love would come to Boston. Ryan Anderson, a guy we talked about yesterday, a, a big, an athletic big who likes to shoot, who's got some moves, who I think would be good for Cleveland, but I, I'm not so sure he'd be as good as Kevin Love. But the, And the fact that, the Cavaliers were even thinking about making that move. See, that tells me more about how they feel about Kevin Love. And that tells me more about Kevin Love and his personality. Like, do we have to keep getting into this? Kevin Love, if you cannot fit in to the Cleveland Cavaliers based on how they're using you, which, by the way, isn't this like earth-shattering strategy that the Cavaliers... You know, they, they didn't reinvent the wheel this season with Kevin Love, okay? Like, I watched the games. You know, the end, you, you diehard NBA X's and O's guys are going to tell you, well, they're using him this way, but he should be used that way. It's not looking good. The Cavaliers are the number one team in the East. I've watched at least 10 Cavaliers games start to finish this season, nationally televised or against the Celtics, you name it. And when I watch Kevin Love play with the Cavaliers, it doesn't look like a system that's broken, all right? And Kevin Love is going to help that Cavaliers team. I could never wrap my brain around why we were even talking about a Kevin Love trade to begin with. But the fact that we were tells me more about Kevin Love. 
Like, you're on a team that has a chance to win a championship. You know, stop being such a pussy and, and, and play. And if they're using you in a way, I mean, you just signed a monster contract to play the way they're using you. What's the problem? Figure it out. Like, why can't you fit into that? So a lot of people want to just yell at LeBron James or the Cavaliers and say they're not using them. I look at it the other way. I say, I've watched you play with them. It, do- it, it doesn't look crazy. It's not like they're asking him to do handstands on the court and shoot with his feet. I mean, come on. Let's not, let's not make this a l- more complicated than it has to be with Kevin Love, okay? But the bottom line is this. I have questions about Love's personality because of all the bullshit that's going on with Cleveland. You know, he goes from Minnesota. He wanted to, he wanted to go to Cleveland. That's where he wanted to go. He wanted to play with LeBron James. Now that he's there, he doesn't like it. That's why he's leaving. Obviously, he doesn't like it. They don't like him for not liking it, and that's it. They're trying to move him. But then they weren't just going to move him for a pick. You needed a third team to get involved, uh, to send a pick to the third team and get Kevin Love to Boston somehow, and that team send a big-name player to the Cavaliers. Uh, I think it would have been, you know, if the Cavaliers needed to make that, I think the Ryan Anderson thing would have worked out for him. I think the Ryan Anderson thing would have worked out for him better than the Carmelo potential trade, right? Anderson, though, you know, contract year is going to be free agent. How much is he going to want? And Kevin Love, you have him on a contract. But again, I just think you're going to use, you'll want to use Love's shooting if you get to the finals against a team like Golden State. You, you want, you're going to want Love's shooting ability. But that, all, the fact that they were even thinking about it tells me more about Love. It really does. And that's why I had questions about his personality. And that's why I wouldn't give up the Brooklyn pick for him. Sorry, I wouldn't do it. A lot of people, you know, try to tell me that they should give the Brooklyn pick up for Blake Griffin. And I say, well, first and foremost, the Clippers, you know, you're in a similar situation. You probably need a third team to get involved. But if it was just going to be straight up with, with the Clippers, you're going to have to give up more than the Brooklyn pick. So it's just, you would have to give up too much along with the Brooklyn pick for Blake Griffin. And I, people love Blake Griffin, but when I watch him, I've said this a million times to you. He's a great athlete. He puts up 23 points a game. He's an all-star player. He can jump through the roof. He'll give you the he'll show you the the fanciest dunks you've seen in your life in a game. Like he'll give you the big smash dunks, throw it down, break the glass. He's that guy, that athlete, that freak athlete that jumps through the roof. He'll give me the highlight reel dunks. He's got them. He's got a lot of them. He's a big dude. He's athletic. He's a top pick. He's a young kid. He averages 23 points a game. I watch him play and I say, I needed more. There's just something about his game that's missing. I don't know if it's inconsistent shooting from the outside. I don't know if it's the fact that I I don't ever watch him really take the team, you know, on his back in the fourth quarter. I, I, I don't know what it is. It's just something missing to the point where I don't know that I'm sitting here Begging to get Blake Griffin in a Celtics uniform. If you get him, that'd be great. But I don't need it, especially for the Brooklyn pick. You know, there are certain guys when I say, let's get crazy. When I look at the Celtics, I say, let's get crazy. Those guys, let's get nuts, let's get crazy. I'm talking about DeMarcus Cousins. That's why I was excited last night to hear those Kings rumors. That didn't happen. I'm talking about even, you know, Kevin Durant stuff. You know, anything to do with Kevin Durant. All right, let's get nuts. Um... I mentioned James Harden the last couple days. 
Hey, if you're talking to Houston, Houston's blown it up. They're in a bad spot. You know, maybe you convince Houston, hey, you're going to get a lot more in a James Harden trade from us than you offer of Dwight Howard. You're not going to get anything for Dwight Howard around the league. Nobody wants him. Nobody wants to play with him. I think the Rockets found that out firsthand today. So the let's get nuts moves, let's get crazy. I think DeMarcus Cousins, maybe a James Harden, you know, anything to do with Kevin Durant, but certainly not Kevin Love. Uh, to me, not Blake Griffin. Yeah, Again, I'm not saying that I wouldn't take Love and Griffin. I'm saying I wouldn't give up the Brooklyn pick for those guys. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I really wouldn't. But then you get into people talk about the Dwight Howards of the world. And that's where I get back to my original statement. Did Dwight Howard, did he ruin the trade deadline today? Did his personality alone, the clown that he is, ruin the trade deadline? Because that was a move to me in which the market was going to be set if he was moved somehow. And, you see, I stayed up late last night. I got home from hockey. And I, I, so I missed a couple hours of what was going on. I had to cut, catch up on Twitter with all the rumors. I was up till probably two in the morning on the ESPN trade machine, which is the most dangerous fucking thing on the internet. It is. It's dangerous. You, you, you know, sometimes you jump on your computer and all of a sudden you look and it's like, you spent two, three hours doing something and you thought you spent 15 minutes. The NBA trade machine is like, you think you're spending a half hour. Next thing you look, you've spent the full five, six hours trying to come up with trades that work. I got people tweet me, well, it doesn't make any sense. You can do straight up trades. It's just for the money. I'm like, yeah, yeah. But, but you know, don't just throw two guys who have the same salary for a trade. Like, try to be realistic, would you? That's your, that's your, that's on you. Like, you, <laughs> You need to be trying to make it realistic. And that's what I tried to do. I tried to make it realistic. And I was doing shit on the trade machine all night long. And I lost a lot of sleep because of it. Which is probably why I was so confused at the Dunkin' Donuts drive-thru today. And I ended up giving them my debit card to pay for the lady behind me. Which clearly is still eating at me how much I actually paid. But, um, you know, I spent a lot of time last night on the trade machine. And one trade... See, I... I feel like, out of all the moves that didn't happen, and as disappointing a day as it was today, and I'll come back to the Dwight Howard stuff in a second, it's disappointing to me because I think there were deals to be made with teams that would have made sense for all, all parties involved, right? And, and that's really what I was trying to do last night. Some of the stuff I've talked about, okay, some of it's, outside the box to the point where you might think it's unrealistic. I say, well, I think you have a shot if you give up an awful lot. That's what I call getting crazy. But then there's some in which you're not really getting crazy, but but you are you know, you are trying to come up with a blockbuster trade. It is still a blockbuster trade. And one name that is in my head is Al Horford. Someone that we talked about, he's going to be a free agent. I never really understood why Atlanta was going to make this move given the fact that they have a team that could go for it all this year and maybe they should just be adding a piece to that puzzle. But I can understand it a little bit more because he's going to be a free agent at the end of the season. And if Al Horford has said to the Hawks, I'm not coming back, or 
that he's given them any hint that he's not coming back, then it would be in Atlanta's best interest to listen to offers right now. But it was clear from the get-go, from reports that we heard, that Atlanta's asking price was ridiculous. That's what Chris Mannix said, I believe, in his one of his reports. And when I hear ridiculous and I hear the Boston Celtics linked, which we did to Al Horford and talks with Atlanta, if Atlanta's asking price was ridiculous, I'm thinking they were asking for the Brooklyn pick, okay? Because he's another guy I would not be giving up the Brooklyn pick for, right? I wouldn't. That said, a move for Horford, for the Celtics, I think makes more sense than the Love move. I think makes more sense than the Blake Griffin move because I think there was probably a way that you could get Atlanta's asking price down. And you know how you could do that? Well, that's where I bring Dwight Howard into the equation. That's where I bring him in. Because if Atlanta's looking at Al Horford and they're thinking this guy might walk at the end of the season, but we don't really want to make a move that is going to basically give up on this year. We don't want to do that. So if you're Atlanta, I think you'd be smart to entertain deals in which you'd get something for Horford, not just now, but in the future, okay, in in the form of a very good draft pick. Um, But if you could also, you know, don't give up on this season. Like bring some, bring a player in. And I think that's where Dwight Howard comes into the equation, for me at least. I just thought this type of move makes perfect sense. And, and this is something, given all the hours that I spent on the ESPN trade machine last night, which, by the way, is just such an awesome thing, and I wish they had it in every sport. I really wish they did. They need to come up with that. And if, I, if, it, if it's out there and I don't know about it, please send me the link. Because, you know what, actually, you know what? Don't send me the link. Because it might ruin my life, especially if there's a baseball trade machine. It's just, you know, I, 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 I just don't think that I'd be able, the imaginary GM life that I live, it might be difficult to pull myself away from that. And, and obviously, I understand why there's an NBA one, because of the salaries and all that, and the NBA salary cap issues and rules, and it's just crazy. And that's why, that's what the trade machine is. I get that. But just, if there was a baseball trade machine where you could just sit there and make moves, and and it's like a video game, right? I get that. It's like if you had MLB The Show, you could make trades. But it's just so much easier. Like, the way they, they just make it so easy, don't they? That ESPN trade machine? They do. They make it easy. So, I wish there was one for every sport. But, you know what? Don't even send me that, because you'll you'll probably just ruin my life with it because I won't pull myself away. Uh, anyways, where was I? Oh yeah. The trades, the trade machine, the one I had last night, the deal that I think the deal that I thought was just the right deal just felt right. Like all parties involved. I felt it was a fit. It was just a fair deal, a fair trade. Atlanta was getting what they wanted. Houston would get what they wanted. The Celtics would be getting what they wanted. The money worked. You weren't giving up the Brooklyn pick. It was, I just felt like it was the perfect deal. What was that deal? Here's what it is. I tweeted it out. I sent a picture. I I screen grabbed it. I put it up there. The Celtics receive Al Horford. Okay? Receive Al Horford. The Houston Rockets would receive 
David Lee and his expiring contract. Tiago Splitta, who is just kind of a throw-in, who's injured the rest of the season, having, what, hip surgery? Uh, 9.8 mil this year, next. And he's just a throw-in to make the money work. And is what, 31, 32 years old. Uh, you throw Tiago Splitta in. Houston went all, so Houston received David Lee, Tiago Splitta, Jared Sullinger, okay? Those would be the players that Houston would receive. Houston would also get the Celtics' 2016 first-round pick. Not the Brooklyn pick, the Celtics' own pick. First-round pick, all right? Uh, obviously, you know, unprotected. So that's what you give Houston. Houston gets three players, and they get a first-round pick. And, you know, they get a pretty good young player in Jared Sullinger. And, uh, you know, I know Sullinger, his contract situation, I get it. But they, uh, Houston could realistically bring him back, I think, if they wanted to, right? They could. And Split is just thrown in for the money to work. And David Lee, he's an expiring contract, so the Houston Rockets free up the money that, that Dwight Howard sort of was holding over the head with that $23 million option next year. You got rid of that. And that's where the Atlanta Hawks come in. Atlanta Hawks get Dwight Howard. But they also get Dallas's 2016 first-round pick via Boston, which is protected, but it's not going to be... That's not going to be an issue because Dallas is going to make the playoffs, and that is just... The protection part of that pick is... It just doesn't even factor in. So they'd be... Atlanta would be getting Dwight Howard, all right, and a first-round pick. Now, you might look at that and say, well... Man, wouldn't wouldn't Atlanta want more? And I say no, because they get in Dwight Howard, and they get in a first round pick. And I understand there's the possibility Dwight Howard doesn't pick up the player option, and he could just walk, and Atlanta wouldn't get anything. But they get a first round pick, which is if they keep Horford and he walks, that's it. They unless they do a sign and trade, which is possible. But I mean, you're at least guaranteeing that you get something for a player that could walk. And you're also, if you're Atlanta, not necessarily giving up on this season. All right? So I think it works out for them. And for Houston, you, you, could, you obviously couldn't find a dance partner for Dwight Howard. And you, you obviously want to get rid of him. So you, get, you free up some space, getting the David Lee expiring contract. Tiago Split is thrown in to make the money work. And Jared Sullinger is a very good young player on the post who can grab your boards and, and you might be able to bring him back next year and the year after that. And, and a couple of years in the future, you might be able to sign. You might sign Sullinger. Who knows? And if you're Houston, you get a first-round pick from the Celtics. It's not a—I not a, don't think it's going to be a great pick based on the way the Celtics are playing, but it's a first-round pick. Because what, are, what does Houston get for Dwight Howard right now? Nothing. They couldn't find a dance partner. And what do the Celtics get? Al Horford. And people would tweet me, well, wouldn't you, you know, wouldn't you need to make sure you got an extension in place? Of course you would. Of course you would need to make sure you got an extension in place. I wouldn't just do that deal if, if you know, I think about it, but I probably wouldn't do that deal unless I knew Al Horford was going to resign. But, but that, to me, the Celtics, the Rockets, the Hawks, I feel like that trade was a realistic trade where every party involved got what they wanted under the respective circumstances. The money worked. 
It just was a fair trade. It made sense to all three teams, but yet they couldn't make it happen. And you know what my, you know why I think they didn't make it happen? And this is my opinion, but I think they didn't make it happen because I think at the end of the day, Atlanta said, eh, we don't really want Dwight Howard. He's a fucking clown. Okay. I I think that's what happened. And so if Dwight Howard was the only one that was holding up a trade that seems to make all the sense in the world, the trade market wasn't really set. Nothing big happened. I think it's fair to say that Dwight Howard ruined the trade deadline. At least I'm going to put it on him. Okay? That's what I'm going to do. I just keep looking at my trade thinking, the Celtics give up Lee, Sullinger, and two first-round picks for Al Horford. And and it's a three-team deal. And Dwight Howard goes to Atlanta. And Houston gets what they want because they get rid of Dwight Howard. They get a good young player in Sullinger and a first-round pick. Atlanta, they get Howard. They don't give up on the season. And they get a first-round pick. I mean, it it just seems like a perfect deal. Think about it. Why wouldn't that deal happen? It's got to be because of Howard. It's got to be because Atlanta Hawks players must have been like, no way. Coach must have been like, no way. You kidding me? Absolutely not. And that's what we're hearing about the Miami Heat. There was a reported deal in which the Heat, right, Whiteside was going to get moved, contract here, he's an impending free agent, you bring in Howard for the Heat, you know, Bosch is uh, now dealing with, with another medical issue, again, unfortunately, and, uh, you know, we wish Bosch the best, good guy, great player, unfortunate situation there in Miami, but, but they were still talking about bringing in Dwight Howard, and when that when that rumor got out there, then you know what the next report was? The next report was Miami Heat questioning Dwight Howard's character before the trade is made. I mean, that, that's what goes on. Nobody wants to play with Dwight Howard. So he could never be moved. You got no trade market set for any type of big man or big name or big money player in this league. And, and because of that, nobody, nobody was out there finalizing deals. Because they're either thinking they're giving up too much or they're not getting enough in return for what they're going to give up. It was just, it was dead. And it's all because of Dwight Howard, in my opinion. All because of Dwight Howard. So, what a dud today was, huh? What a dud. I I honestly thought, honestly, honestly, honestly thought the Celtics were going to do something. And because they didn't, because of the factors I gave you, I am disappointed, but that said, it's going to be an exciting finish to the season. I'm excited to watch this team play out. I'm excited to see what they do before the draft. I think you got to keep an eye on Philly still before the draft, you know, to see what they do with Okafor. And and maybe the Celtics are their perfect dance partner. Perhaps. We'll see. I, I hope they are. Or maybe Sacramento, they wait to the summer to blow it up. And and you get DeMarcus Cousins. Right? There's still an opportunity for them to do that. And because there's still an opportunity, I sit here and tell you that um, I'm, I'm optimistic about this Celtics team and this organization and where they're going. With disappointment. I think you can feel both things. You can have the disappointment and you can be optimistic. Okay? I don't think that's crazy. Uh, I, I think that's a normal, that's, that's the normal thing to go through right now if you're a Celtics fan, and which I am, and, and that's what I'm going through. So, 
uh, a very, very boring NBA trade deadline. If we hear any other reports as to why certain deals didn't go down or if there were deals that were close and ended up falling through, I'll react to that on tomorrow's podcast. I'll also get into some baseball stuff tomorrow and uh, we'll look at you know, we'll, we'll, we'll look at some stories that I missed the last couple of days because I've been doing strictly NBA stuff. There are some NFL stories that, that I have to pay attention to, especially back here with the New England Patriots. Uh, and then some just national NFL stories we got to get to. And another Friday tomorrow as we set up with no football this weekend. But we are closer to baseball season. And, and there's just there's some baseball stuff going on here. Just Just sort of house cleaning stuff that we just got to go over and I have to give give a take on because I've had to listen to some people in this town the last couple days on some baseball things that I have to react to. But uh, we'll do some of that tomorrow and any other NBA trade deadline news that, that breaks, I will react to it. I am working on an NBA guest to come on this show tomorrow. I have to reach out to him again tonight and to see if we can confirm and finalize that. But if that doesn't happen, you know, the show goes on. We're still going to do the show, and I'll still talk some NBA and whatever news is out there. Oh, real quick, before I forget, Celtics, while we were talking about the Seas, Kelly Olynyk, he is out a couple weeks. Danny Ainge spoke tonight after the trade deadline, after doing nothing at the trade deadline, and he said there were no deals good enough to do, And quote. But he also said that Kelly Olynyk, with his shoulder injury, would be out a couple weeks. Now, what's interesting about that is we didn't hear about the Olenek out a couple weeks storyline till tonight after the trade deadline, which kind of leads me to believe they were trying to shop him. And I, you know, I wish they did shop him. I mean, I hope they do shop him, but I hope his trade value stays this high all season long because I think he's got to be moved. Okay, he's got to be moved. If he has any trade value, you need to take advantage of that. But you didn't hear about this. You heard about the shoulder injury before the All-Star game because he did get invited to the three-point competition and he backed out because the shoulder was sore. But we were also being told that he was going to return for the game in Utah Friday night, tomorrow night. And uh, now Danny Ainge speaks today. He says, nope, Olenek's out a couple weeks. And I think we're just hearing about that today, that it's maybe more serious than what they wanted to lead on because they didn't want to make it sound serious before any potential trade rumor. That's just, that's my thoughts on it. But either way, Olenek, he's out a couple weeks and the Celtics back to work tomorrow night in Utah. I am here five days a week, dannypicard.com. You can also subscribe on iTunes, the Stitcher app, on TuneIn, you name it. You can get this show wherever podcasts are available. Follow me on Twitter, at Danny Picard. Like my Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Danny Picard Show. Anything else we miss? No, we didn't really miss anything at the NBA trade deadline. Uh, Nothing crazy going on. If anything crazy goes on tonight in the world of sports, I will react to it tomorrow. Talk to you then.